Welcome to Real Church for Real People, everybody. Glad you've joined us this weekend. And uh, thank you for being a part of this weekend of the journey. Man, it's been a great weekend already. And we are in the second installment of a series that we've called Empowered. We're talking about how God has for all of us, wherever we are in our spiritual journey right now, God has more for us. And what the Holy Spirit has to do with that, the Holy Spirit is how followers of Jesus refer to God and His power and presence. And uh, it's been a great series already, even though we're only in week two. Last weekend, I heard from so many of you how God was kind of speaking to you through that message. We talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things we wouldn't ordinarily do, go places we wouldn't ordinarily go, and, and speak words we wouldn't ordinarily say. And as we get into week two of the series, I have a question for you. Just kind of think in your mind to answer this question here in the room, online. Just think about what did you, or maybe the right uh, phrase is, do you want to do when you grow up? Just think about it. What do you want to do when you grow up? When I was in seventh grade, I wanted to play basketball. It was my plan for my life. I know. God and I were not on the same wavelength with this dream, obviously. Uh, but I did work very hard, practice, tried out for our middle school basketball team. Coach was kind, but it was a no. So in eighth grade, I decided I wanted to be a pro skateboarder. And uh, I styled my hair like one. I dressed like one. I learned to talk like one. I just couldn't skateboard like one. So that was the end of that dream. In ninth grade, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I just skipped a lot of school and got in a lot of trouble. That's what I did in ninth grade. And then midway through 10th grade... I found Jesus, had an experience, a moment when I realized who God was, saw him in a different light than I'd ever seen him before, and realized he saw me in a different light than I thought he did. And I put my faith in Jesus, and I knew I wanted to follow him. Didn't know exactly what that would look like, but I knew, and this has changed my life, I want to follow Jesus. And then the summer between 11th grade and 12th grade, I went to a summer camp, a student camp. Ours is wrapping up as we speak, Rise, our Middle and high school camp has been going on all weekend long. By the way, thank you for your generosity. You scholarshiped a bunch of students to go uh, to student camp this year, so thank you for that. It's been happening all week. And between 11th and 12th grade, I went to a summer camp, much like Rise, our student camp here. And I had a moment with God when I sensed that He was calling me to do what I'm doing now to preach and uh, to eventually pastor a church. And it's very fulfilling to have this purpose. In my life, but I've had so many times since then when I knew this was my purpose. I knew this is what God had, had designed me to do, but I didn't know exactly what came next or what I was supposed to do to pursue my purpose. And here's what I think I think all of us crave a sense of purpose. Whatever uh, you think about God or whatever your previous experience with church or faith has been, you might say, Well, I don't feel called to be a pastor or a preacher or any of that, but all of us crave purpose. We're just hardwired to want to know, am I doing what I should be doing with my life? Am I, am I reaching my full potential? Am I going in the right direction? How do we choose the right paths and avoid the wrong ones? Which relationships will propel me forward and which ones will hold me back? We want to know, does it matter where I go to college or if I go to college, which career I choose or do I just let a career or a vocation choose me? What does all of that look like? And then during this series, we're asking, what does the Holy Spirit, God's presence and power have to do with all of that? Is it possible that God really does want to lead us and guide our lives and give us direction and perhaps take us places that, again, we wouldn't have expected to go, but it was his purpose 
for us. So during this series, we're reading from the book of Acts in the New Testament of the Bible. If you're new to the Bible, a man named Luke uh, wrote the book of Acts. It is the account of the first followers of Jesus, the first church, and how they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out their faith. And one of those first followers of Jesus, just a few years into the church getting started, was a guy named Saul, who would later become, uh, be known as Paul. So Saul was likely his Jewish name. He grew up Jewish, but he was also a Roman citizen, and he eventually reached a lot of people who did not have a Jewish background, who did not know a lot about the one true God, helped them find Jesus and follow him fully, so he came to be called Paul. And when we first meet Saul in the book of Acts, he is not a good guy. Before he found Jesus, Saul was not a good guy. In fact, he thought his purpose in life was actually persecuting people who believed in Jesus. And he was good at it. If you could be good at persecution, Saul was good at it. He had a great work ethic. I mean, he was not calling it in. He was persecuting, baby. I mean, he was imprisoning people. He was beating them up. He was having them uh, tortured. And he was just oppressing people who believed in Jesus. And he thought that was his purpose in life. He was gung-ho about it until something happened. Here's what Luke writes about it. He says that as Saul was approaching Damascus... On this mission of persecuting people who believed in Jesus, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Have you ever had a suddenly moment? Maybe you realized suddenly that you were in love. You had just been friends. All of a sudden you realized, oh, I think I'm in love with you. I'm really hoping you feel the same way. You suddenly remembered it was your mom's birthday. Hopefully not three weeks after her birthday. Some of us have been there. But you suddenly remembered, oh, it's her birthday. Maybe you suddenly realized how much danger you were in. You were in a situation, you thought, well, it's a little bit dicey, but no big deal. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, no, this is a big deal. This is a dangerous situation. Suddenly moments can have a big impact on us. And for Saul, this suddenly moment changes his life because God speaks to him. And maybe you're not sure you buy that yet that God speaks to people, or maybe you say, well, I think he used to speak to people. I'm not so sure he still speaks to people. But Luke insists Saul is on his way to Damascus. Suddenly, there's this bright light. He falls to the ground, and a voice says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul's been so full of rage and religion up until this moment that he really hasn't stopped to think about what he's doing with his life, about what he wants to do when he grows up. He's not even aware that he needs to grow up, that God has more for him. But God has been drawing him into this moment. Up until now, Saul's like, I think this is my purpose. He's doing the opposite of what God designed him to do, but it's all he knows. And as far as we know, there isn't anyone in Saul's life who can tell him any different. He does not have the right people around him. They're all like, yeah, persecute people, you go. Until now. And so Saul hears Jesus speak and he responds, Who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. I think many of us have this same question about God deep inside of us Who are you, Lord? If there's a God, who are you really, God? And what do you really like? What do you really want? What can you really do? Who are you? But I'm not sure if we found ourselves in Saul's shoes, if that's the question we would have asked. I was thinking about this coming this weekend. If I'm on my way, just going about my business, bright light shines, fall to the ground, hear a voice that nobody else can hear. I'm not sure I'm going to ask, who are you, Lord? I think a lot of us would say something more like, 
what is going on? What's happening right now? We don't want to know who. We want to know what. Like, this is not what I had in mind. What's happening right now? And some of us may be wondering that. We may be in a season of our lives, a time in our lives, when what is the foremost question in our minds is what's going on? We're looking at our relationships, and we're saying, what's going on? We're looking at our finances. What's going on? Our career, our family, our future, our plans. We're going, what's going on? Saul does not ask that, though. He does not want to know what's going on first. He wants to know who is revealing himself through what's going on. And the answer is Jesus, which is the answer to our question, who are you, Lord, by the way, and is also the answer to all of our other questions. Because what's going on is actually not as important as who is trying to get our attention through what's going on in our lives right now. And God is always working to get our attention. In fact, the Holy Spirit is always working to get our attention. God in his presence and power draws us into moments of change and new perspective and transformation. The Holy Spirit wants to show us that there's more to Jesus than we've realized. Some of us have a very one-dimensional view of Jesus. We think we know everything about him, but there's actually more. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us that there's more to our lives than we have experienced up until now. And some of us may have even come today and we're feeling lost directionless. Maybe we try to get into that college, our top choice. We thought it was a sure thing. It didn't work out. And now we're headed into this fall semester going, what is going on? I thought I had my life unlocked. I thought I had this figured out, but it's not going the way I wanted it to go. We worked hard to start a business, but now it's not going the way we wanted it to go, or it's growing so fast we can't keep up. Nobody else realizes we're lying awake at night, totally stressed out, wondering how much longer we can maintain the facade that we know what we're doing. Maybe we work construction, or we're a teacher, or we're a stay-at-home parent, and we go every day into these environments, and we think, man, there's got to be more to my life. There's got to be a purpose to this. Like, what, what am I doing? What's going on? Maybe we spent years investing in a relationship, and then one day, out of nowhere, they just walked away, and we thought, what is happening, and how do I handle this when I had this future planned out, and now it's all going the wrong direction? Could it be that we're stuck trying to figure out what's going on instead of focusing on who is trying to get our attention. And I'm not suggesting that God is always causing all of these things. Like Saul was on the way to Damascus because of his plan for his life. But God was happy to get involved in that moment and say, even though you've got one plan for your life, if you'll listen, I'm trying to get your attention because I've got another plan for your life. And is it possible God is working to reveal himself to some of us right now? The voice speaks to Saul and says, I am Jesus. Saul says, who are you? The voice says, I am Jesus. And watch this. I love this. Now, now that you know who I am, now that you've answered the question that matters most, who's been trying to get your attention this whole time, now get up and go into the city and you will be told that other question you've been so worried about. What you must do next, the purpose for your life. Once Saul realizes who Jesus is, now he's ready to see what God wants to do next in his life. And here's what I want to share with you this weekend. The Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes. God has more for your life, wherever you are spiritually right now. God has more. God knew us before we were born. Did you know that? He watched us wriggling around in the womb. He heard our first words and 
Our first cries, he saw us stumbling all over the place as toddlers. He saw that gap tooth grin, first day of kindergarten, three teeth missing. He's watched us our whole lives. He's watching us right now. God sees us right now. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he cares very deeply for us. And he has a purpose for us. But God, listen, wants to answer our who question before he gets to our what question. And some of us are very hung up on what is going on. But really, it's time to shift to who are you, Lord? What are you trying to show me about who you are? And when Saul asked that Jesus speaks to him and says, I am Jesus. Jesus is the one who reveals who God is and what God wants to do next in our lives. Jesus is the one who died for the forgiveness of our sins and rose again from the dead to reveal to us how loved we are by God, to show us that God created us and loves us and has purpose for our lives. And some of us may be here today and we're thinking, oh, no, no, no. I've made too many mistakes. I've gotten too much wrong to have a purpose from God for my life. Did I mention that Saul was persecuting people who believed in Jesus when he was on his way to Damascus? If anybody was disqualified from the outside looking in for having a purpose for their lives, for their life, it was Saul. But he went from persecuting Jesus to spending the rest of his life helping thousands of people find Jesus and follow him fully because it is not about what we bring or don't bring to the table. It's about what God brings to the table. And it doesn't matter what our past looks like. God has a purpose for our lives, but we've got to put our faith in who he is before we can experience what he can do. And by the way, you can do that today. If you've not yet put your faith in Jesus and begun following him, you could do that today because the Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes to God's people. It's those who put their faith in Jesus. It's those who find Jesus and begin following him who receive direction for their journey in life. The Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes to God's people. And for all of us who are following Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us for more. So he draws us into environments like this one where we can discover more of God's purpose for our lives. Holy Spirit's always working. The only question is, are we paying attention? And he draws us into places where we can discover more of God's purpose. Jesus tells Saul, go into the city and in the city, when you get to that place, I have to get you in another environment before I tell you what's next for your life. I need you in a, this is not the right space and the right time, but I know the right space and the right time, Saul. And if I can get you into that environment, I can reveal purpose to you. So the Holy Spirit says, go, go, go to that gathering, go to plugged in, go to a group, go here, go there. The only problem is, here's what some of us don't realize, sometimes, many times, we have to be willing to go before God shows us everything we think we need to know. And for a lot of us, we're like, okay, God, definitely, definitely want you to lead me, guide me. I want your purpose, God. I just need a little more information. <laughs> I'm ready-ish. I just, I, there's a little bit more I need to know before I go. And God says, oh, no, that doesn't work. You walk by faith, not by sight. 
So when I'm leading you and it's confirmed through my word, people are praying and supporting you or encouraging you, you actually don't need more information. You just need to go. And we're like, no, 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 no. Got it. I need to know. And then I'll go. God's like, you need to go. And then one day you'll know. We're like, God, I need to know. And then I'll go. And God says, oh, it's so funny. I can do this all life. I can't tell you how many things in my life, how many times I had to say yes by faith and go without all the information and only years later did I learn what I needed to know. Oh, that's what you were doing, God. But I had to have the faith to go. And if you read the next few verses, which we're not going to do today, but I encourage you, uh, read Acts 9 this week. So Saul sees this bright light. He falls to the ground. hears the voice of Jesus, and then he is temporarily blinded. Can't see anything. The people who are with him bring him to Damascus, so they continue on into the city, and they leave him there for three days, blind, unable to eat or drink. He's in shock. He's traumatized by this experience, and his friends are like, hey, good luck with your new Jesus thing. (laughs) We're out with friends like these, right? Who needs enemies? They leave him in Damascus, and for three days, Saul cannot see, he cannot eat, he cannot drink. Why? Because after 30 years as a control freak... God says, I need to unplug you from everything you have depended on so I can teach you to depend on me. Because the rest of your life, you're going to do a bunch of stuff that does not make sense. But it's my purpose for you. And I need to get you depending on me. And I love this. While Saul is in Damascus, can't see, can't eat, can't drink, God is speaking to someone else across the city. Now, there was a believer, someone who knew who Jesus was in Damascus named Ananias. Ananias did not know Saul. Saul did not know Ananias. But the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied, because that's how followers of Jesus respond. Yes, Lord, I want to do what you're leading me to do. So the Lord said, go over to Straight Street, put it in your GPS to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. You don't know him. He doesn't know you. But I have shown him a vision. I've given him this picture of a man named Ananias. And he's focused right now because he can't see, he can't eat, can't drink. He's depending on me. And I showed him this picture that Ananias is coming. That's you. And you're going to lay hands on him. You're going to pray for him so he can see again. I love this. Saul is blind and in shock. But God is speaking to him about Ananias. And he's speaking to Ananias about Saul. Recently, I had this experience. A very close friend uh, asked me, he said, hey, can we sit down and talk? I got to share with you something I'm going through. Need your, I really need your insight. And we sat and talked, had a brief conversation. And, and uh, he told me a couple of weeks later, he said, that conversation with you, God really worked through that. And I had some other conversations. God really worked through them. And, and here's, here's what I want to share with you. He said, Mark, I just feel like as I look back on the past couple of weeks, because all this led to a breakthrough in his life, Something he had spent years trying to resolve, and and it just began to, because God was at work, and he said this. He said, I feel like the Holy Spirit was conspiring to make all that happen. I love that. Conspiring. Did you know that the Holy Spirit, God in his presence and power, is conspiring to bring good things into your life this fall? He's conspiring to bring more of Jesus into your world. He's, I mean, the Holy Spirit is like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. They have no idea. They, they have no idea? 
They have no idea. It's going to be like the middle of a Tuesday. They're never going to see it coming. One conversation. They're not even going to think about it. 17 years later, they're just going to be doing something they never thought they would be doing. The blessing is going to be on them. They're going to, they, they have no idea. The Holy Spirit's conspiring. He's conspiring. I know some of you are a little freaked out right now, but I just get, I get fired up about that. He's conspiring. Like God is scheming right now. He's like, I cannot wait to bring what I have had in store. I watched them. Come on, somebody. I watched them in the womb. I saw, they were just two years old all over the place. I saw them in kindergarten. I saw them in college when they did that thing that night they thought they could never be forgiven for. I saw them in that moment when they kept working that dead-end job, but they were faithful to do what I called them to do. I saw them when they were raising those kids. They didn't know what was going to And I've been conspiring. I've just been scheming to bring more good things into their life. He's conspiring. I think the Holy Spirit is conspiring to do some things in the life of our church right now and in your life. I think during week of prayer, I think the Holy Spirit, a week in advance, I think for months in advance, he's been like, oh, I can't believe it. He's not going to do it night one of week of prayer because he wants to see if you come back for, for night two, but night two of week of prayer, night three, <laughs> you know, you know that's how. He's like, well, night one's fine. Let's see if you're here night two and we'll, I got purpose for you. But night two, night three, night four, week of prayer, he's, he's, just, he's, been consp- he's conspiring. He wants to bring more of his purpose into your life. So God speaks to Ananias, and at first, we read it, Ananias is eager to respond, right? What's his response? Yes, Lord. But then he realizes exactly what God wants him to do, and he goes from yes, Lord, to but, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord, <laughs> go meet Saul, but, Lord, <laughs> exclaimed Ananias. We talking about the same Saul? Because I've heard about a Saul. And I've heard many people. It's not like a rumor, Jesus. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. He's authorized by the healing priest to arrest, by the leading priest, to arrest everyone who calls upon your name, <clears throat> which would be me. Ananias has got this. I definitely, definitely want to do exactly whatever you, whatever, I'm desperate for you. Just whatever you want me to, just not that. Can you, can you send me to somebody nice? Isn't going to be good for me if I go meet up with Saul. How many of us have a but Lord response to God right now? Oh, yeah, God, I want more of you. No, 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 not like that. God, I want to do what you're leading me, oh, but not. Yes, I definitely I want, to, I want to tell people about you everywhere, but not that coworker. They're the worst. I don't even know if I want them to get saved, honestly. I'm like, just. <laughs> they might come to the same church. Definitely want to do what you're leading me to do. Yes, definitely want to forgive, but not them. Yes, I for sure want to give. When the math works, I'm your guy. When I don't need faith, I am going to be all about your will. But, Lord, how many of us have a a but that's in the way? In fact, maybe we're sitting on ours right now. Instead of doing what God is leading us to do. Because we're hung up on some reason, now isn't a good time, and this isn't exactly the way we envisioned it, and if I'd have gotten into that college, I'd have done it, and if, I, if this had worked out, then I would definitely, 
and we're sitting there stuck because we feel like there's more we need to know before we go. And the Holy Spirit, for some of us, the Holy Spirit is leading us to do things. And you know what? They're probably not that complicated. But we're just hung up. We're stuck. So Ananias says, but Lord, and God says, I can do this all life. But the Lord said, every but we've got for God. He's going to come right back to his purpose. And he doesn't force his way in. We talked about this last week. He's just gentle and persistent. But the Lord said, I want you to notice first what the Lord didn't say. Oh, Ananias, I had no idea you'd be a little bit scared about this. For sure, let me backpedal. Take a few weeks. Let me know how you're feeling. That is now, that is not how God speaks to Ananias. The Lord said, would you read that word out loud with me? Go. And now for the rest of us, one, two, three, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Not think more, not plan more, not figure out more. Go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles, the people who don't have a Jewish faith, and to kings, which if you read Acts, that was going to literally come true within just a few chapters, as well as to the people of Israel. Ananias, I need you to go because it's not about you meeting Saul. You're all freaked out about meeting Saul. That's not the whole point. The point is the chain reaction. I've been conspiring, and I need you to play your part in my purpose. So I need you to go. And so, watch this. Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him, prayed for him, and said, brother, which was a, a step of faith, right? Because he doesn't know yet. Are you really my brother? <laughs> brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me. I'm the next piece of the puzzle so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. He got his perspective back. And then he got up and was baptized, and afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. This is the more that the Holy Spirit has for every one of us, that we would see Jesus for who he is, and we would put our faith in him, which can happen instantly and individually. It happens that way for Saul. He suddenly sees who Jesus is, puts his faith in him. That's what God wants. And then the Holy Spirit desires that scales would fall off our eyes, that we would be able to see God more clearly, and what God is doing more clearly. The Holy Spirit desires that we would be baptized, go public with our faith in Jesus, and then that we would do what God has purposed us to do, which is why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're wondering, is that really for me being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, it's for you. We need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit so that we can live out the purpose of God for our lives. But to experience all that the Holy Spirit has for us, we're probably going to need another who or two in our lives. Because it's not just Jesus who shows up for Saul. It's Ananias. And here's what I want to share with you this weekend. The Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes. He wants to do that. To God's people, if you put your faith in Jesus, he wants to show you more. And he does it through God's people. That's how he works. So if you have ever heard the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, there's more to it than we even understand. Because Saul is saved and called by Jesus, but he is given insight and healing when Ananias prays for him in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to change our lives instantly and individually, but he also wants to change our lives consistently in community, and that's really the way he does his best work. 
God has a purpose for every one of us. And some of us are going, well, then why can't I see it more clearly? Maybe you haven't met Jesus yet. And again, you can today. When you put your faith in Jesus, your life changes from the inside out. God begins to work in your life. You begin to see things you never saw before. But maybe for some of you, you have met Jesus. You just haven't met your Ananias yet. You haven't met the right person or people that God wants to work through to reveal more of his purpose for you. So many of us want God to work in our lives, but we want it all just to be between us and him. And God does work just between us and him. But the more that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in our lives actually comes into our lives through community. It's why we gather like this, but why, it's why we don't stop here. We connect in J groups, small groups of people doing life together. We'll start another semester in a few weeks in the fall. People doing life together. Why? Because when we connect together, the Holy Spirit works. I don't know if you caught it. I included the last part of that verse. All that stuff happened to Saul, and then he ate some food and regained his strength because it's not a good J group until you chip and dip. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of group. So don't bring me to your J group and not have food. Even if you want me to bring the food, we can have food. God likes food. But we connect in groups, and I'd love for you to lead a group this fall. You say, is it about leading a group? Well, sort of, but it's actually about a chain reaction. I don't even know what it is yet. You don't know. The people who are going to come to your group don't know. But week three, in between the chip and dip and all that's happening in the group, in the group somebody's going to say something that somebody else needs to hear, and their life is going to change forever because the Holy Spirit's always conspiring. He's always conspiring. You can't plan it. You can't program it. All you can do is just say yes, create the environment, laugh together, pray together, all of that, have fun together. But somewhere in there, the Holy Spirit's conspiring. It's why we serve together on our J team. Our Middletown launch team is taking shape uh, this month, all month long. This Wednesday, there's a launch team meeting. If you live or work south of the canal or you're thinking about moving anytime in the next 18 months, go be a part of that launch team. Go. You say, well, there's, I need, there's more I need to know. God says, actually, you need to go. Go, take a step. That's why we do this, because when we are doing life with other people, let me put it this way, God reveals his best what's through a few, a few who's. I'm going to say that again, because I didn't say it quite right. God, I've been talking a lot this weekend, I'm just telling you. God reveals his best what's through a few who's that he brings into our world, that we're doing life with, and we're serving for the same cause together with. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He reveals God's purposes to God's people through God's people. So let me ask you again. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? So there's part of my story uh, from earlier about being called to do this that I left out. And uh, I am called to do this, by the way. This is God's purpose for me. You say, does that mean you think you're great at it? No, it means I'm committed to always getting better at it. This is God's purpose for me. But listen to me very closely. This purpose I have is not that special. You have one too. If you know the called one, you are a called one. God has a purpose for you. You say, well, I'm a teacher. God has a purpose for you. I'm a student. God has a purpose for you. I'm in the C-suite. God has a purpose for you. I work construction. God has a purpose. For, God has a purpose for you. Mine's not any more important than yours. I'm just living mine out. Are you? That's it. It's that simple. But I left part of my story out. 
And that is that the year before, at age 16, I felt like God called me to do what I'm doing now. One year before, exactly when I was 15, a few months after I put my faith in Jesus, I went to that same student camp one year before. And at one of the nights of that student camp, at the end of one of the gatherings, I did what, if you have a student at Rise, they've been doing this all all weekend long. I went up and I prayed, and somebody who was serving at that student camp prayed for me. But what's very common is you, the people who are serving, you know, take a moment or two, pray for a student, and then move on. That's not what this guy did. He prayed with me for a long time. And he kept praying over and over again, God, show him what you're calling him to do. Show him what you're calling him to do. He didn't know what God was calling me to do. I didn't know what God was calling me to do. I had no idea. But that night, listen, I said yes before I even knew what I was saying yes to. God did not, I did not know what I was going to do with my life. But that night, 15, I said, I don't care what it is, I will do it for you. One year later, 16 years old, same student camp. I felt like the Holy Spirit, God's presence just moved. Very simple. I felt like I'm supposed to preach. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life. But that guy from a year before, listen, he was my Ananias. He just prayed. He didn't know everything God was going to do. And I did not stand out as a student that you would spend a long time praying with because you saw potential in them. I promise you I didn't. But the Holy Spirit just told him not to stop. And he prayed with me. He was my Ananias. And I've had a bunch more since. Some of you have been an Ananias to me. I hope I've been that for some other people. I want to spend the rest of my life being an Ananias for us all. Because there's nothing like that life. And I need you... I need you to catch this out. That's not because I'm in ministry. You're in ministry. You're called. You have a purpose for your life. If you've known Jesus for one week, you're called. Saul only knew him for three days before he got this purpose for his life. But I wonder if it's possible you're missing out on the more that God has for you because you're holding some Ananiases at arm's length or you're holding some Saul's at arm's length. When the truth is the Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes to God's people through God's people. It's together that we experience healing and direction. So what does that look like for you? How do you take the next step? Maybe it's come to Plugged In for some of you this weekend. Take that step and become a part of this community of faith. And if you're not convinced this is the church for you, find a church that is for you, that preaches about Jesus. And go all in. Don't just be on the sidelines. Go all in. Just... Live out your faith. Say, I need to know. You need to go. <laughs> Maybe it's leading a J group this fall. Maybe it's joining the Middletown launch team. Maybe it's texting someone today and saying, I'm praying for you, and then do it. Or texting someone and say, I need you to pray for me because here's what's really going on in my life. Take the next step because the Holy Spirit reveals God's purposes to God's people through God's people. Every Ananias needs a Saul, and every Saul needs an Ananias. That's how God works. And if you would say today, week two of the series, man, I received that. I want the Holy Spirit to guide my life, 
And I know that what that means is he's going to bring people into my life. I want to pay attention. And he's going to bring me into the life of other people. I want to pay attention. If you would say, I receive that. I want what God has. Would you lift your hand? Just hold it up all over the room. Hold it up high, boldly. If you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I want the power of God in my life in a greater way. Let me pray it over us. Holy Spirit, we honor you. God, you are powerful and present with us right now. Jesus, you said wherever there are two or three of you, gathered in my name. I'm right there in the middle of you. Jesus, we receive your presence right now into our lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us. Would you make that personal right now? Would you tell him, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me with every part of you, all you have for me. I want you to guide me. I want you to lead me up. My life is fully and truly surrendered to you right now. I want to see you more clearly and do your will. And while you allow God to just speak to your heart about that for a moment more, listen, if you're in the room, you're watching online, and you don't have a real relationship with God yet, Saul was a long way from Jesus on his way to Damascus. But Jesus was not a long way from Saul. And you may feel like you are a long way from God right now. Listen to me very closely. God is not a long way from you. He's closer than you can imagine. And when you put your faith in his son, Jesus, you'll begin to see God in a new light and see how God sees you in a whole new way. And if you want to take that step today, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. So if that's you, everyone join me again. Just open your heart up big to God. And if that's you today, you want to begin following Jesus. Whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, I see you today for who you are. And I want to know you in a real way. I believe your death paid for the forgiveness of my sins. You are leader and Lord of my life from this moment on. I'm going to follow you. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I'm taking that step today. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Count me in. Would you lift your hand? Just hold it up high, boldly, all over the room. Yeah, hold it up high. It's awesome. Online, you can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. Let us know that you took that step. And then Journey, would you help me? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. Would you do that with me?